Hi, and welcome to episode 6 of the Grit and Grace podcast. You will notice that on most, well, if not all of my recordings, they do not start at the beginning of the broadcast. I'm trying to work out this kink. I appreciate your patience as I do so. So as this episode begins, you're actually picking up the beginning of episode 5, and then... I break in and start episode six. <sighs> the ins and outs and technologies and kinks and hangups of starting a new podcast. You guys are the best. Here we go. On episode five. It just seems like yesterday I got back from vacation and we started this show. I just want to thank y'all again for all your support. Thank you for tuning in to our brand new Internet radio station. Hello. True. Good evening. This is Tanya with the Grit and Grace podcast. It is Wednesday night. This is episode six. We're glad that you're here. Very excited to have you listening tonight. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about grace again. Um, we talked about grace last week, but we were talking about it more in the context of salvation and how we receive eternal life. So there are several definitions to grace, um, one of them being a supernatural ability or empowering uh, a supernatural strength to be able to do things um, that normally in your, in your physical, you know, human self you wouldn't be able to do without the empowering grace of God. So we'll get into that shortly. Uh, the title for today's show is Grace in Adversity. So we have a couple of guests that will be on with us tonight talking with us about um, uh, both of the guests tonight uh, live with the different uh, disabilities, um, lifelong disabilities. So we're going to discuss how to um, glean from God's grace to be able to face those challenges and obstacles that come in those circumstances and, um, you know, how their faith and, and in the grace of God gets them through tough times and um, gets them to the point of acceptance of themselves and who they are in Christ just as they are, just as God made them. So, um, before we get started, though, we're just, we're glad that you're here. Uh, this is a brand new radio station, TrueSeekerTexasRadio.com. We're a brand new internet radio station. We feature four radio programs at the moment, and I'll go over them with you uh, briefly. So, on Monday nights at 8 o'clock, we feature a show called Discipleship for Life, and that is hosted by my pastor, the man who disciples me and has been for years, and my son, and his name is Mike McInerney, and uh, his show re-airs daily at noon, so it comes on Monday nights at 8 o'clock at night, and then re-airs each day afterwards at noon, all right, so then on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And each of these shows are now approximately an hour long. On Tuesdays at 7, we have my 
awesome brother, Charlie Smithers show, the Traveling Salvation show. And he's always pumped up about what's going on in in the world, in the church, and in um, Christianity, and in the news. And he's always got something real exciting to talk about, good guests he brings on his show. So that's from 7 to 8 p.m. on Tuesdays, and then it re-airs each day on this internet radio station that you're tuned into now. His show uh, re-airs daily at 10 a.m. All right, and then every Wednesday night at 7, of course, you can find me here. Tanya Bruton, Grit and Grace podcast um, on Wednesdays at 7. And then my show, this show re-airs each day afterwards for the week at 2 p.m. So if you missed tonight, uh, if you missed part of the show, you can just tune in to this same link tomorrow and catch it at 2 p.m. or any day thereafter until the next Wednesday comes and then we record a new broadcast. And also these, are, these um, episodes are recorded. I do have a Spotify channel and a YouTube channel that I upload them to as well so that you can listen to them whenever you want, wherever you want. You can share them with your friends. I really encourage that. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> so to find me on Spotify and YouTube, you should be able to just search Grit and Grace Podcasts. And I should pop up pretty early on in the list. All right, so... I'm just opening up tonight with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into the subject matter at hand. Um, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity, again, to just come and speak your word, speak your truth, glorify your name on the internet radio waves. And, you know, we hope that someone is out there listening that can use an, a word of encouragement from you, that can use a... Uh, the word of truth, because it's, it's your truth, the knowing of your truth that sets people free from bondages and addictions and chains and hang-ups. And so I just pray that you give me words, Lord, because without you, I am nothing. And uh, without you, I don't know how to do any of this. And that's just the honest truth, and you know that. I pray for my listeners tonight and those who will be listening in the future. I pray that, as always, that you bless their lives because, Lord, I just, I'm thankful and grateful for their support. So, uh, just in return, God, bless them. Uh, if they need financial blessings, bless them just beyond what they need. If they need a healing in their body, I know that you're the healer by your stripes. You know, we are, we were healed. So, I pray for healing for anybody out there who's listening in your body, in your spirit, in your emotions. Um, if you're lonely and you need, ah, I hear you, Michelle. Uh, give me just a moment, and I will either call you or have you call back. But that did work, Michelle, if you're listening. Um, all right, so I pray, Lord, you know, that you take care of the listeners' needs and, and that you just bless this broadcast in the wonderful, powerful, mighty, awesome name of Jesus, the name that is above every name that is named in heaven and in earth. And amen. Let it be so. So I do have, and I do have a silent, kind of a silent guest slash slash engineer slash uh, me as well. So um, in the house tonight with me. So um, he may chime in if he feels led. But if you want to say hi, Josh, would you like to say hi? 
Hello, radio listeners. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to um, I'm going to go ahead and start out just reading. If you guys want to turn with me in your Bibles to the Book of John, chapter nine, and I'm going to read the whole chapter, and then we're going to get started and have Michelle Steiner out of Houston, Texas, uh, come on. She's a disability advocate, and she's going to share first. But let me go ahead and get through this chapter and kind of just set the tone of the subject matter for tonight. So I'm in the King James Version. If you want to read along, this is John chapter 9. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. His disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. So he's saying in it's not saying that neither the parents or the person has ever sinned, because we all sin and fall short of the glory of God, right? We're all born in sin, shaped in iniquity. That's not what he means, but he's meaning, he's what they're asking him, what's the cause of the sickness? What caused this man to be born blind? What you, you know, what caused that? And a lot of us do ask that. We ask why when we're faced with something like this. And Jesus is saying, well, it's not, it doesn't have to do with either one of those things. It's for the purpose that the glory of God be revealed in this person's life. So in verse 4, he says, Jesus says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back, seeing. Verse 8, Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, No, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes open? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received sight. Simple as that. Verse 12. Then they said to him, Well, where is he? He said, I do not know. Verse 13. The Pharisees, uh, or sorry, they brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. So they're trying to trap him, I guess, into telling on Jesus, maybe. He said to them, he put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. Verse 17, they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. So they don't even believe the God. Verse 19, and they asked them, they asked the parents saying, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he see now? Or does he now see? Verse 20, his parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, 
but by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. Verse 22, his parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. 24, so they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory. Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, and I'm throwing a word in there, that though I was uh, blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? 27, he answered them, I told you already and you do not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? <laughs> 28. Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. Yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. I've never caught that part. Marie read that again. Since the world began, it had been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. Hmm. 33. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, You were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? The man answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. So see, there's the second point. The whole point, I'm just stopping for a brief second. So the disciples, are, they want to know what causes the sin like we all do. What caused this? Why did you let my child be born this way or my husband or wife get cancer? You know, what's the cause? Jesus said, don't worry about the cause. Let's worry about the purpose. The purpose is the glory of God. And here he says the purpose is worship. You know, Jesus seeks worshipers. The Bible says, um, you know, God is looking for worshipers to worship him in spirit and truth. And when... Jesus healed him. He worshipped him. So let's go to verse 39. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see, and that those who do, and that those who see may be made blind. And I think he's speaking, what did you say? Um, Metaphorically? Yes. Okay, then, thank you. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? And I'll just say before we get to this last verse, yes, they obviously are because they cannot see the Son of God right before their face. Okay, so 41, Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. In other words, they wouldn't know any better. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. So, all right, so we'll, we'll tear into that a little bit more bit by bit as we 
pick this apart and go further uh, into the study. I'm going to get Miss Michelle Steiner on the line. Just bear with me here. Because um, we use in this radio station, bless, bless the Lord, we use an iPhone. And um, we might as well be using, well, you know, some sort of Chinese or Russian gadget, <laughs> if you ask me. I mean, it says press home to unlock. Oops, there it goes. Okay. All right, then. <laughs> My two daughters have iPhones, but it's completely foreign to me. So we're going to have Michelle on um, my phone. All right, and like I said, she's out of Houston, Texas, and uh, I'll let her introduce herself. You can hear me ringing though, isn't it? Okay, I'll take that off. Okay, so, hello, hello Michelle. Hi, how are you doing? I'm very blessed and well. Thank you so much. How are you this evening? I am blessed too, and well, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, oh you're very welcome. I'm, I'm very grateful that you came on to be with us. Um, so I was telling the listeners a little bit about what you do. Um, do you want to go ahead and just introduce yourself a little more, and you can go ahead and let them know about, you know, your site, your blog, and your website as well, and and sure. just go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. I would be happy to do that. Well, my name is Michelle Steiner. I uh, live in Pennsylvania with uh, my husband and our two cats. And um, I have a learning disability uh, that affects my ability to do math and also my visual perception that that's in my brain and hand dexterity. And I work as a paraeducator in school with uh, students. Some of them have disabilities and some of them just need a little extra help. And I also have a blog called Michelle's Mission, where I uh, feature blog articles, uh, disability-related, and uh, my photography as well. Oh, yes, your photography, yes. <laughs> and I misspoke. I said you were from Texas. You are in Pennsylvania. Uh, That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Okay. And um, what is your um, website address? It is michellesmission.blog. Dot blog? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. All right. I just want the listener to be able to write that down if they want to refer to that later. And sure. so um, you have been dealing with this learning disability, Michelle, like your whole life? Yes. I was diagnosed with a learning disability when I was in kindergarten. And... My teacher noticed that I was having some trouble uh, struggling socially and academically. I was having a lot of struggles with uh, tying my shoes, writing my name, uh, completing dot-to-dot -dot pages. I remember I would do them, and I thought, oh, I, I did a great job. And my teacher would come back, and, well, it wasn't done right. Uh, and they, uh, they talked to my parents, and they said, well, we think that she might have a learning disability, so let's get her tested. And my, my parents decided to do that. And sure enough, they found out at a pretty young age that this is what I had. And I had to repeat kindergarten the following year at a different school in our district and began to receive specialty services from the time I was young. I see. I see. And so um, did you uh, 
go through, you know, a lot of struggles to, uh, you know, adjustments that you have to, you know, overcome and, and to be able to, um, to be able to learn and advance in grades? Yes, definitely. I can remember when I was very young, it was very frustrating for me. All I wanted to do was learn, make my parents proud, which they always were proud of me, and they always, uh, they never gave up on me. And I, it was just, I thought life was always going to be really hard, and that it just wasn't possible for me to learn or to have this uh, great life. And I can remember just, you know, thinking through all this, um, how God could turn this into good because I thought yeah, this was the, the thing that um, there, there was nothing that good could come out of it and there has just been so many blessings that, that have come out that I, I couldn't imagine or couldn't have dreamed of and oh, you know it, it's because of the grace of God that he's, he's being able to use some of this and oh, that's awesome and how specifically can you give us some examples? How has God turned this into good? And um, how has uh, he, Grace played a role in, um, in using this for good? Well, uh, it began whenever I started to, uh, to know that I wanted to go to college. I had a lot of people that thought that I couldn't do it because of the disability and the math. I mean, I was getting better grades, but we didn't think I could do it. And I even had a psychiatrist that said, you're not most, you're most likely not going to go beyond community college. And I was told I had limited uh, job choices. And but God, through that, I was able to be able to go and get my uh, my bachelor's degree eventually. I was able to graduate. I was able to move out on my own. And when I went back to school, uh, I had to move back in with my parents because uh, I, I, I'm not able to drive. So whenever I moved out on my own, I had that, uh, that chance to be independent. And I thought, okay, how can you use this for my good? Well, I was able to go to school, graduate debt-free. I was able to uh, find a program that, that interested me. And when I used the accommodations, I was able to get uh, really good grades. And um, it, it, even in my life now, I can just see so many opportunities that, that, that opened up. I was uh, I work in a school with students. Uh, some of them have disabilities. And uh, they all know <laughs> I can't help with math, but I'm good with reading and English and just helping them with uh, things that they need. And some, yeah, and sometimes I'll say, okay, God, why can't I be gifted to help them in this area? And God will just bring a student to me, and it, they'll need help, and I can give them what they need. And God said, well, see, I brought you there to have that conversation. I, I brought you there to um, help that person. And I get to also use that in my blog as well. I get to uh, tell my story about having a learning disability and just different things that come up. With, uh, and I'm, I use metaphors, and I'll have people that will say, that that's my life. And I get that chance to connect with somebody else and to give them hope. That's awesome. Kind of use metaphors the way that Christ used parables, sort of, huh? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. Um, you, you've accomplished more than some of us with that are not living with that obstacle, uh, which I'm terrible at math anyways, but <laughs> um, I had, when I went to college, I took the, um, 
I don't remember what it was called, but you know, the math class that wasn't algebra, but you know, community math or something. But um, and I, I I think I made a D, but that's passing in college. So, but and so you were smart. You used your accommodations though, and you were able to graduate debt free. Now I wish that's something that that's amazing. That is just amazing um, that you were able to do that with or without a disability. Um, but now that now you work with, I think that's awesome. You are working um, instead of being preoccupied with the why, like you said, why can't I be gifted in this certain area so I can help in this certain area? He just points you to don't, you know, kind of don't worry about the why, worry about the purpose. Like we read in this chapter of John, you know, the disciples wanted to know why this man was born blind. And the Lord's like, let's, how about let's not be concerned with that. You know, the purpose of his blindness is so that you know, God's glory can be revealed. And sometimes his glory is revealed in him instantly healing a person as he did blind man. But I believe it's also his glory can be revealed over years and years of time by showing others his power to sustain us even with an illness or a disability. To be able to live with that takes great strength, you know. So, oh, Goodness, I dropped my headphones. <laughs> um, yeah, they just slid right off. So, quick question then: How do you use? Okay, so you depend on God's grace for yourself to do the things that you need to do in day-to-day -day life. How do you use grace when interacting with your students or those that you advocate for? You said that you are a disability advocate as well. So, how does grace come into play as far as you extending that? towards others, is that helpful to you to be able to relate with people? It, it definitely does, because I, um, when I'm at work with my students, at times it, I work with seventh graders, and it's like having a recording of myself at the headaches. I hear a lot of students like, I wish I didn't have this disability. I wish I didn't have an individual education plan. And I get that chance to tell them, you know, it's all right if you have a disability, and the plan that you have in place is there to help you. And I get to show them how to advocate and to be able to speak up for themselves. And that's a skill that I think a lot of times uh, they're going to need to know how to do. I also get that opportunity to uh, just encourage other people and have grace with others as they're learning uh, what resources might be available if you have this or what has worked for me. Uh, it's a different experience for every person that has it, but I can kind of point them in the right direction and just be able to uh, show that grace and that understanding. Yeah, that's very important to be uh, graceful and patient with them. Um, I have a son. Well, I mean, I have I have eight children and oh, I, yes, ma'am, and seven are living, so I have lost a child when she was two and a half months old. So, um, but she was born very, very sickly. There was something wrong with her. We just never got her to the doctors and diagnosed before she passed at two and a half months old. But out of eight kids, uh, she had something going on. And then uh, my oldest daughter, uh, I'm going to have her talk just briefly before we close, but she uh, was born with um, a, uh, a disability. And so she's 31 now, and she's been living with this disability for 31 years, she said. 
three-time organ transplant recipient, and then I have another son with uh, a heart condition, a chronic heart condition that he will always have and he was born with. Um, and then I have um, one of my triplets. He has ADHD, and he's on the um, autism spectrum. And I've been, you know, kind of working with him a lot lately. He's having an uh, issue with um, another student at school. We'll just say it like that. And um, is he's having trouble processing what's going on in that relationship, and that's interfering with his school. And I'm trying to, you know, make sure he knows how to advocate. You're talking about advocate for yourself. Make sure that they know. Because I don't think that a lot of um, students fully know what their rights are and what they are entitled to as far as help uh, in school and in college and even in, in, a, in their place of employment. And some parents aren't aware of that. So, um, so what you're doing is important. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and I think it's great that you're just, you know, making good use out of, you know, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. We were all made in, in the image of God and in his likeness. And, you know, he formed us in our mother's womb the way he wanted us to be. And, and then he takes that and he uses it for his purpose, for his glory. So I think that's awesome. Um, the things that you're, are, that you're doing for the, for those kids. Uh, um, at what point, though, in your life, personally, and this is just my own curiosity, um, at what point in, in did you come to terms with your disability? When, did you go from, why was I born like this, or why can't I do this, to, you know, what was the turning point? I think the turning point was in my late 20s, when I went back to school. I had a wonderful program at the, at the university with great professors. I knew people that went through this before, and it really it changed their life and how they view people with disabilities. And when I got there, I got to see the, the staff, and I, I got a chance to learn about my own disability, but I got that chance to learn about other people with disabilities. And it just really boosted my confidence, and, and I was able to be able to say, okay, I can do this. And I had a friend, writing has always been very healing for me. Uh, and I can remember I was in a writing group and one of my friends said, you really should write about having a learning disability. And I thought, oh, I don't know about that. That's a little personal. But when I finally got that first article published um, on the Mighty about my struggle with limited hand dexterity a few years ago, it, it was the most healing thing that I ever did. And from that point on, I just started writing and, and talking about it. And I that's just God uses such a, a variety of ways to heal people. Uh, sometimes it's that physical healing, and other times there's emotional things that, that he does. And that's, that's just one of the ways that he helped me. Yeah, and sometimes that emotional healing is just as um, needed and important as the physical um, do you have a certain scripture that you fall back on or refer to when you're in times, like when you do get down and get frustrated or anything? Uh, well, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. That is always my favorite one. Because yes. I can remember, yeah, I can remember a time I was at a, a baptism and the preacher was talking about how God has this good plan for everybody's life. And I, at that point in my life, is before I went back to school, before I wrote about it, and I thought, where is my good plan? 
uh, and I didn't think God had a good plan for my life. And boy, did he ever show me when I finally gave it to him that he had a, a wonderful plan for my life. Yeah, and that's key thing you said there when you finally gave it to him. You know, we have to come to that point of surrender and of giving up and um, letting him take the helm, letting him take the reins, trusting that he knows the end from the beginning. You know, before um, we were formed in our mother's womb, he knew us and he knew that plan that he had for us from the very beginning. Um, it says, that he who began a good work in us will perform it until the day of Christ. So he knew the plan from before time existed. He's executing that plan right as we speak. And he will continue to work in us for the good, you know, uh, work all things together for good, you know, for us in our lives who are the called according to his purpose. And he has a purpose for us and he has a purpose for you and you're living that purpose. And I think that's wonderful for you and for those that you come in contact with. Um, let's see here. Um, so um, let's see here. I had a quote I thought was real powerful. I uh, wanted to bring up. It said, um, you know, I can surrender to God or I can surrender to fear or, you know, uh, depression or anxiety about uh, the whys or is this ever going to get any better or we can surrender. Like you said, when you finally gave it up is when it was your turning point. We, when we finally surrender to God and let go of all those questions, some things we just won't ever know. And we have to rest in that. We have to rest that he, that he knows. He knows the plans. Yeah, exactly, because he knows um, you know, what, what the plan is for my life and why that happens. And there may be things that I won't um, know uh, here, but I know that there's a good reason for it. And, and um, that I think that we just had to give that all to him. And uh, I'm blessed with uh, hearing, though, when I can look back on so many things and I can say, yeah, that, that does make a lot of sense. I can see there's that why of why that happened. Yeah, it always comes in hindsight, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I don't know I don't know what we would do if he told us before. You know, I guess that's why we, ha we have to walk by faith, not by sight. Um because I don't know if we what we would if we would be able to um, function with all the information. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> um, but that's that's just the thing. That's the thing about God being God, and we're not. Uh, yeah. So praise God. I mean, good thing that nobody's dependent on me <laughs> to be God. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. Um. So. Uh, just a few, let's see here, random things I wanted to bring up while I had you on the phone. What does this verse mean to you as far as, you know, what we're talking about here? Um, leaning on, you know, gleaning God's grace to get through things. When Paul asked three times for God to remove the thorn in his flesh and, and God never took it from him. Um, but he said in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, my grace is sufficient for you, or my grace is enough for you. I'm sure you know that what that meant, but my grace is enough for you. But this part here, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Like, what does that mean to you and in your life? 
I think sometimes having that, God does give me the strength and does give me the grace that I wouldn't be able to have if it wasn't um, for having that. Um, everybody has something that they struggle with. And I think when we are able to share that, I get to share that with my students or I get that chance to um, share it with somebody that, that's on my blog or have a, co a comment on Facebook when I have an article published. That that's my way to just be able to show, okay, this is this wouldn't have happened if I would have had uh, would have wrote the story. Uh, I don't I don't know if I would have put that in that way. But God has had a lot of better plans than I have in my life, and I just love uh, bringing forth those, those plans. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, you know, it sounds like it sounds like it's, what this requires is having a lot of trust in God, a lot of faith in God, in His um, sovereign wisdom. And um, there's a quote from an article I uh, was reading. Well, actually, it's a book, it, and this is a really good book. I highly recommended it. I didn't I didn't get to get through the whole thing, and it's actually free online uh, in the PDF version. But it's um, from the DesiringGod.org website. And um, it's a collection of John Piper's sermons and writings, and it's entitled Disability and the Sovereign Goodness of God. It's got a lot. Yeah, it's got, yes, and it's on DesiringGod.org, and it's got a lot okay. of good things in it. Um, he talks about, uh, let's see here, where was I at? Oh, Suffering can only have ultimate meaning uh, in relation to God. So in other words, like um, the man was born blind so that, so that God's glory would be displayed. And he's saying, Jesus said that the purpose of the blindness was to put the work of God on display. This means that for our suffering to have ultimate meaning or any kind of value, God must be supremely valuable to us more valuable than health and life. So, yeah, exactly. Because yeah, God is yeah. That that that's the way to show the, the glory and the trust, and just that that way to bring out His purpose. Yes, yes. And so, I mean, how different would your would your life be with the same physical conditions, but without your relationship that you have with God? Oh, it would have been, it would be very difficult, um, and I wouldn't have been able to uh, achieve uh, anything that I, I've been able to do outside of it, or, or not or not much. And it I, it could have been uh, a very different story, and it wouldn't have been one that would have worked out well. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are three things that you believe about God, Michelle? I believe that, that God is holy. I believe that God truly does love us and that God uh, definitely has uh, a care uh, for everyone and a plan for everybody's life. Awesome, awesome. And um, is there any particular person that inspires you, past or present, and why? I can remember I had a student teacher that whenever I was in high school and I was wondering about whether I could handle college. And I don't remember her name, but she told me, you can do college. And that was one of the first people that told me I could do it. And sometimes I still have that voice that, that would replay in my head. Uh, things were really hard saying, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, 
Is there anything else, Michelle, um, while I have you on before I bring on uh, the next uh, guest? Uh, do you have anything that I didn't bring up that you'd like to bring up to the listeners? I think we, we got everything um, covered, but I would just go out and encourage people to uh, know what they want because God gave them that desire in their heart and to pray for uh, God's will. And um, you may not always may not always come in the package that, that you want, but it certainly um, will, uh, it, it'll, most likely it'll come even better. That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> well, I do appreciate um your patience with me during all this, Michelle, as you know, I'm new to this, so I, I really appreciate your patience. I do appreciate your time and coming on and sharing with us today, and um, I pray, you know, all God's best for your life, and feel free to contact me anytime after this as well. Sure. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, Michelle, you have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so that was an awesome uh, testimony of the grace of God, you know, in adversity. And we have about 20 minutes left, which is just perfect. I am going to bring on Miss Kara, folks, from Wichita Falls, Texas. And I did get that right. I know that because she's my firstborn child. Kara was born with a disease called biliary atresia. It is... Uh, Basically, you are born missing the common bile duct that drains bile from your liver to your intestine. That breaks down food and things, right? And so when she was eight months old, um, she had to have her first liver transplant. She was on death's door. Uh, she was eight months. I was 16 years old at the time. And she was in ICU or PCU. And livers would come in, and they wouldn't be a match, or there would be something uh, damaged with that liver. We couldn't use it. It came to the point where they're like, she's not going to make it another 24 hours. They were just starting a program or um, a procedure called living-related liver donation in which they could take a portion of the liver from a relative and put it into the um, recipient. And then mine, you know, of course, will grow back. The liver is the only organ that can regenerate itself. So... Uh, they had to do a lot of uh, moving around, you know, cutting through a lot of red tape to get this done for me to be able to donate to her because I was only 16 at the time. I was the fourth person in the state of Texas to donate part of my liver to another person. Over the years, though, she developed a lot of um, uh, cirrhosis and infections in that liver. She ended up having to have another transplant, another liver transplant when she was five years old. She received a cadaver liver at that time. And then in her late teens, early 20s, she spent probably, I don't know, 10 years on dialysis, 8, 10 years on dialysis, she'll correct me if I'm wrong, because the medications for the liver, infections and uh, things of that nature, really strong antibiotics, um, damaged her kidneys. So she was on dialysis for, dialysis for years in her early 20s. She received a kidney transplant. So this 31-year-old, Daughter of mine has um, had three organ transplants, and she has been sick since the day she was born. I prayed for her. We took her to a Benny Hinn. This is a funny. Let me throw a funny in here real quick, just real quick. When she was little, okay, I was into the hotel evangelist phase. You know, I have all my religious phases that I've been in, and and non-religious ones too. I was a 
Christian Buddhist one time, like, that's an oxymoron. Okay, so, <laughs> a contradiction in terms. Anyways, so we took her to a Benny Hinn place, and uh, it was like herding cattle, like, outside of the stadium waiting to get in. And then when they opened the doors, we were nearly, literally trampled upon to get in to the arena. Um, during the boring presentation of this grand scale of a thing that he was going to build and, you know, take up an offering for, two women behind us are laughing like hyenas because they're, quote, in the spirit, which was highly distracting. And by the end of the night, when it was time for everybody to go down there and get blown on and thrown down on the floor and healed, I turned around and Kara was asleep in the stadium chair and she had wet herself. <laughs> so, and she shouldn't be embarrassed by this story because I think she was only three or four. So, Kara, don't get upset when you tell that story. But she, anyway, she's 31. She's still sick. Praise the Lord, but I'm not bitter. I'm really, really not. I'm really not. Kara, Kara I'm going to bring her on now. I'm going to call her. We've got a few minutes to talk to her. This girl uh, is constantly got a smile on her face and she is the grace of God, like, just embodied like uh, the best example of living uh, dependent on the grace of God and, and exemplifying God's grace in her life that I've ever seen of a person. And um, but I'll let her tell you about her faith. Let me get her on the line. That doesn't seem correct here. Seems like I dialed the number in double. It's fine. God is good. Here we go. Did you know that Exodus 4.11 says, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Like, that's random, but it just goes along with the whole theory that God knows someone's going to be born with a disability. And actually, it was his divine providence in the first place so it's kind of a hard thing to grasp and random but Kara Dawn folks are you on the line yes well hallelujah praise Jesus thank God how are you doing <laughs> I'm good good so and um, we went over some of the things that I wanted to ask you and get your thoughts on before um but basically I already told everybody you know, the what you live with, but tell them a little bit about what it's like to live as a person that's had three organ transplants. How often do you get sick? What is that? Ha what happens when you get sick? And what are some things that you have to go through? Um, well, it, I will say it's a pretty crazy ride. Um, it's kind of like when I get sick, it's just out of the blue, and uh, I get stuck in the hospital for like a week, two weeks, maybe four days, um, and, you know, it's just, it gets pretty bad. Um, yeah, so, but I still, I'm still happy as ever, so even when I'm doing the worst. Yeah, and that's the thing about you, Kara. That's what I was just saying. How in the world are you still happier than ever? Now, I admit, when you get real sick, you you feel bad. And I can see that you are very, very sick and you're feeling bad and you're upset about that. But, you know, overall, even in those times, I mean, you keep a faith and a joy that really is not natural. And, you know, how do you do that going through everything you've been through for 30 years? Well, I mean, I just feel very blessed, to be honest. I mean, I feel, you know, that he, ha he 
you know, he, he saved me, but I'm not all the way healed, but, you know, I mean, he saved me enough to the point where I, I'm thankful for that, you know, and I, I just, I don't know, I, I take that as a gift, and it's special to me, and I use it, you know, by smiling every day, and being positive, and talking to him, and thanking him every day, and even through stressful things, you know, that I go through regularly, I still... I'm like, you know, I mean, like, when I'm sick in the hospital and it's, you know, severe, I'm like smiling and just happy. And they're like, girl, how are you this sick and just laughing and smiling and, and just don't even seem like you're that sick. I'm like, well, all I can say is it's just a gift from God, I guess. Yep. <laughs> well, I believe so. Yep. I mean, you've always just had that. And I think it's because, you know, God has you. Everybody thinks, you know, it's black or white, either God has to heal you or he doesn't and then we wonder why but god can get glory out of you you know living with that issue and not yeah. giving up and there's times you almost died on us you know several yeah. times for several reasons yeah when we, yeah, when we yeah, had a wreck just like, that, just like that wreck you know i mean a lot of people say you know well you know how do you believe so much in him i'm like well I mean, I don't see him, but I believe him. He, he's shown me signs. He's shown me proof. You know, there's no doubt about it, you know. Like, the time that I got in a wreck, you know, um, I, I was warned by the angels that we were fixing in a wreck, and something, you know, they were telling me, and I will never forget it, you know. And so it was just it was crazy. Yeah, you were, um, yeah, you were like five or six years old, and we were going down 35 on our way to Dallas Children's Hospital, and we got hit by mm -hmm. an 18-wheeler. Yeah, yeah, and that's when I was way, 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 way behind us, and so, and then the time, I had this client event where I was trying to get my tears tied, and um, my intestines got, um, you know, two holes punctured in them, and I was going to have to be sent home on, you know, their feeding tube for like two months, three months, or half a long. I don't know. And so I just sat and prayed, and with my stomach cut wide open, you could see everything, and I just prayed so hard it's all I could do, you know. And the next day, literally, I will never forget it still, you know. I, they came in, they're like, well, like, we don't know how this happened, but you're, you're you know, fine. And... You know, you don't have to be to sit home on a feeding tube. You can start eating. And I remember, you know, being able to eat again. And it's like he answers me every time. So. Yeah, and thank God for that. So, I mean, and then there was that. I mean, and not only, yeah, not only did you, you know, possibly have to get sent home on a feeding tube or something, but you were on life support for like, I think it was 10 days. And you woke up and didn't even know what happened and uh, yeah. that was a very scary time and there was you know yeah, I, was, I was on uh, home health care I forgot to mention uh, you know I might have you know still had to be on home health care but it's like he, he you know it's, it's like he doesn't like you like we say you know he doesn't cure me all the way but he heals me enough to be blessed by that you know but I still have to go through things you know <laughs> Right, right, and so, yeah, so. Then he blessed me with a kid, you know, that I live forever for now, you know, and I thank him so much for that because that's why I don't really care to be, you know, mad at him. I'm not even, 
I don't care to be, how should I say, like, upset, I guess, because I'm not healed all the way, and I don't ask him why, you know, because he gave me a kid that I asked for, and I was blessed for him, for him, you know, to have him, and I was, I was told that if I have any kids, it, it could kill me, and the doctor swore up and down that it could kill me, and... You know, the whole pregnancy was fine. It was great. Nothing happened. And he, he's healthy, and I was healthy during the whole thing and afterwards. So it's really awesome. Yeah, and that's all you ever wanted, like, of your life, you know? I mean, yeah. What do you want to be when you grow up? You said, I want to be a mom. So, you know, and God, and God gave you that gift, and you are still here, and he's well. And, you know, um, so, and, and you, you, you said... You know, you don't bother with um, being angry or needing to know why. I mean, that is that is a real gift right there is that you have a blind trust of God. You you're not questioning him. That takes no. a lot. That takes a lot of belief in someone to just be yeah. like, I'm not going to ask you why or how you're going to fix this or or how you're going to help me with this or why this happened. I just know that it'll be okay. Just blindly know that. I, I know when I was a kid, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here lie, you know, and say that I probably never said that. But, I mean, I know when I was a kid, I didn't understand all the way, you know, about everything like that as far as that goes. But I think as I got older, um, how many blessings I've had and miracles and why and understood why of everything. So now I'm just like. I'm thankful, you know, for a lot. <laughs> I'd rather, you know, I, I'm okay with going through what I go through, and I'm, I'm just fine with that, you know. So, because he gave me what he could give me, and he's he's healed me, and what you know, in his ways that he wants to heal me for his purposes. So, I'm blessed by that. <laughs> mhm. Mm it says, I, I got a quote from this book, and this sounds exactly what, like what we're saying here. It says, trust the process. And the purposes of God. God always has a purpose. And Jesus is always working in every situation. We may not see. We may not know why. We may not understand how that things yeah. are going to end up turning out. But um, but just trust and, you know, know that he knows everything. So, and he knows what, you know, we may not even know what the, what the purpose is. You know, why was Noah born with half a heart? You know, why was... Why was Sadie born sick? You know, why did I have eight kids and nearly half of them were born with some sort of defect? You know, um, but, um, you know, why did I even have eight kids in the first place? That wasn't my plan. <laughs> That's crazy. But somehow, you know, because I never, my nerves are bad. I, I, I get stressed out too easily. I don't know why the Lord thought fit to give me, um, to give me eight children. Uh, but it, He knows that you can handle, I guess. Yes. You know? Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. So. You know, there's that scripture or saying people kind of mix it together, but that God won't put on you more than you can bear, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. My grace, he said in Second Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. In other words, when he says my strength is made perfect in weakness, he's saying that he can take your weakness and give you his strength and thus 
his name is glorified. His strength is made perfect. Um, and then he says, therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So in other words, it's more important to us that, that we trust God, that we believe God, that God's glorified, that we tell others, hey, God did this for me. God saved me. God helped me. He healed me, you know, from this infection or, you know, he healed me when this surgery got botched. He healed me and rescued me from this wreck. And so you're glorifying God every time you tell all these little stories, you know, in your life, you know, that. Yeah, and, and another thing is I, I always think, you know, every day it's like, you know, I, I believe and feel like, um, he, he gave me, you know, he, he may not have told me like, you know, we were saying, but he gave me, you know, this and, and saved me in many ways because, so I could be, um, like a light to people, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, like a, uh, what do you call that? A witness um, or, um, a testimony? Yes. Yes. Like a testimony and a light to people and. And, and, and go and give them, you know, uh, like tell them, you know, like, hey, I, I've been through this, I've been through that, but this and this, you know, and, and it just always, you know, they're like, wow, that's crazy, wow, I'm like, yeah, you know, hmm. <laughs> it, it makes us, makes them smile and it makes them, you know, believe that I'm very strong and I am, I do believe in them, so I try to tell them, you know, the stories and you know, how, you know, just so they can know that he's real, you know, and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's my proof, you know. Yep, yes. You know, <laughs> faith, the Bible says faith is the, Hebrews 11, 1, I think, faith is the evidence of things, I mean, the substance of things hoped for, so it's what we hope for, and it's the evidence of not, things not seen, so, you know, all your experiences are your evidence, like you say, mm -hmm. that, that God's real, and your evidence or proof that he's not just real, but he's good, and he's and he loves you, and he's and he's going to be good to you, and he's going to do good things for you, as you know, he sees fit in his will and his divine plan and in his timing. Uh huh. So. Yeah. So um, yeah, and I'm just you know, I'm just real. I've always bragged on you, Kara, because. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's your it's your attitude and and your disposition that helps me as your mom to be able to accept the times that I had to like straddle you and you know gag you to death to just you know shove a feeding tube down your throat when you didn't understand why, mama, why you know why do I have to let them poke you and hurt you and you know while you're crying not and you're my baby and I have to allow this you know and watch you cry in pain you know. I struggled with God for years on that, you know, but I come to terms with that when I saw you, you know, walk like you do with this, like, supernatural glow about you that's just real angelic, and, you know, it just helped me to understand, well, there's a purpose behind this, I don't know what it is, God's ways are higher than my ways, you know, but, so, it, but we're running out of time, so I just wanted to just kind of wrap it up with this. So we're talking about grace and adversity. We're talking about, you know, God, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you. Okay, I got to paraphrase. I'm not using my Bible, but I have good plans for you. Okay, he says, um, 
before um, you were formed in your mother's womb. I knew you. Uh, this is a uh, quote from John Piper. God knits all the children together in their mother's wombs, and they are all, all of them, of every degree of ability, conceived for the purpose of displaying the glory of God. Psalm 139, 13, and 15 says, You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, which is me and my body and my soul. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. And then um, Romans 8, 28, of course, says, um, For all things work together, all things. So your sickness, your pain, your heartache, all your sorrow, your obstacles, all things work, your setbacks, all things work together for the good of uh, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are be called according to his purpose. So no matter the disability or the cause, accidental, genetic, infectious disease, whatever, God has a good plan and a purpose in it. Um, Jesus knows our um, all of us completely, and his compassion toward us is great, and he has grace for every situation. So when he made you a certain way, he also gave you a grace to, to deal with that. So when he gave me a...